On the Table, Current and Critical Information for Massage Therapists in Practice, a podcast presented by Massage Therapy Canada. Hello, everyone. Welcome to On the Table. Massage Therapy Canada is the profession's publication of record. Established in 2002, MTC is written by massage therapists for massage therapists. You can subscribe today at massagetherapycanada.com slash subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We're always interested in posting your events, jobs, and industry news. You can head over to our Contact Us page on our website for more information. Our subject today, we are speaking about Casey House. Casey House opened its doors in 1988 as Canada's first and only standalone hospital for people with HIV and AIDS. It's a place where clients can receive holistic care in a non-judgmental, stigma-free setting. Located on Jarvis Street in downtown Toronto, Casey House's new 58,000-square-foot home ensures those who live with HIV-AIDS are not forgotten or overlooked. Casey House provides innovative, comprehensive health care through, number one, inpatient day health programs, two, community care and outreach, three, social community programming, and four, research and education. Today, we are sitting with Shona Thompson, a massage therapist employed at Casey House. Of course, as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Don Dillon. Don is a massage therapist, writer, speaker, and practice coach. Welcome back, Don. Janet, thank you, and of course, it's always a pleasure to be with you, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the discussion that we're going to have today. Uh, let me introduce our guest Uh, Shona Thompson is a registered massage therapist of over 15 years, 10 of which have been invested working at Casey House. She was, in fact, one of the 24 delegates chosen to represent the RMTAO in a government relations exercise at Queen's Park last year. She is also the mother of three children, an environmental activist, and she recently launched an online sustainability business where you can find her at greenknees.ca. Shona Thompson, welcome to On the Table. Thank you, Dawn and Janin. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to speak with you both today. So, Shona, um, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, why you kind of became an RMT, um, your journey through that, and kind of what brought you to Casey House. Uh, Well, um, as you know, I've been practicing for uh, 15 years doing registered massage therapy. And originally, I became an RMT because I wanted a profession where I could work for myself, (laughs) which is ironic now. Um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I've always had a passion for things that were natural and alternative in terms of health and lifestyle. When I was in school, The more I studied, the more I became keenly interested in the anatomy and the pathology side of our education. Um, It became very clear to me that I was more interested in seeking a practice that had direct relationship with the medical side of healthcare. Um, I had my own practice for five years alongside a chiropractor when an opportunity presented itself at Casey House. The registered massage therapist who held that position since the doors opened in 1988 was retiring. And at that time, I didn't know a great deal about Casey House, but I did know that it was Canada's first standalone hospice for HIV AIDS care and that it was a multidisciplinary organization. So this seemed like the chance to get as close to a medical clinical experience as possible. And I sold my practice when my application was successful. 
So I'll just read the mission statement here of Casey House. With an innovative and interprofessional approach to healthcare, we empower the lives of people living with HIV AIDS. We believe in the importance of client-driven care achieved through deliberate inclusivity, unequivocal compassion, and mindful collaboration. Shona, what else can you tell us about Casey House? I know that says a lot. <laughs> it does say a lot. Um, there's a lot to say about Casey House. Uh, Casey House was founded in 1988 by a group of volunteers led by June Callwood. June was a Canadian journalist, author, and social activist who saw that people with HIV were not receiving care with dignity during a time of great stigma around the disease. People were very afraid of the virus. And oftentimes, patients were being completely cut off by their own families, which was detrimentally isolating. Uh, Casey House became a home-like atmosphere where people were received with a warm embrace, good food, and kindness on top of medical care. And rather than coming to the hospice to die, people were getting stronger and walking out at the end of their stay. Shona, you've uh, you've told us that you wanted to work in a, in a medical environment. And tell us, is there something specific that drew you to work with this population at Casey House? Casey House was a very desirable place to find work because of the unique model of interprofessional collaboration. With both inpatient and community programming, we have meetings weekly plus clinical rounds where all members of the team sit together and discuss client care planning. Members of my team have been a wealth of information and have made great contributions to my growth as a healthcare professional. In no particular order, we have massage therapy, social work, nursing, recreational therapy, physiotherapy, doctors, HIV specialists, dietitians, consultants. So truly, we grow as professionals by having the opportunity to share our work with one another. And this particular situation is a very, very unique one to find yourself in as a registered massage therapist, as you both know. The KCS website describes how the very first patient was delivered to the door in hazmat suits. Uh, Shona, has stigmatization changed in healthcare settings that provide care to persons with HIV? And if so, how has it changed? Massage therapy has been an integral part of client care at Casey House. Um, people whose family had turned away from them, people who were unwell, could receive the benefit of touch through massage, which, as we all know, can positively affect both physical and mental health outcomes. I was HIV naive when I started my role, which was originally a part-time position funded by the Casey House Foundation. I remember at the time of my orientation, sitting in my treatment room on my computer, frantically studying everything there was to know about HIV and AIDS, and with a lot of questions about the disease. My schedule became very busy, and it was easy to get to know clients, as they would oftentimes come and go, either during their inpatient stay or as a community member who still had access to programs for support and continued care. Over the years of seeing clients at their best and their worst, the HIV component was less and less relevant to me because I learned I wasn't treating HIV. I was treating people. And that's just an example of how stigma changed for me. I was very nervous at the beginning of my care with this community because it was unknown to me. Now today, 10 years later, I don't think about the HIV 
part the way I did in the beginning of my work here. I think about the complexities that come with the disease that affect a person's well-being. This means addressing all the comorbidities a client will face as a result of HIV, not HIV alone. And yes, unfortunately, stigma still does exist. We have come a long way since the 80s, but where we lack adequate knowledge and education, it can translate in very real and negative ways that unfortunately will change how a person lives their life and who they can share their story with. The fact that there's less stigma now surrounding HIV, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with celebrities can even have an impact on that. Um, I came across a, a news story here recently um, about how Princess Diana actually had visited Casey House, and it was worth noting that, you know, she wasn't wearing gloves when she was around the patient. Do you see that kind of happening still, kind of celebrities having this influence um, to destigmatize this? That's a great question. Uh, we do generate attention at various times <laughs> um, and during various campaigns about stigma. And the, the picture of Princess Diana, that's famous. Um, that was a great photo. We don't see celebrities walking through our door every day. So <laughs> I don't want to set people up to think that, you know, we have that kind of attention. There are certainly a lot of organizations that are looking for a, a lot of charity at this point in time in our um political climate. I think that to destigmatize as far as a massage therapist goes, how the massage therapy profession can help with the destigmatization is more about taking in the facts. So the HIV community has seen an increase in infection rates in women, youth, indigenous people, people from countries where HIV is epidemic, people who are homeless, hard to house, underhoused. Um, aging clients also have complex and concurrent health issues as people are living longer with the disease thanks to new medications. About one in every four Canadians with HIV do not know that they have it. Therefore, I feel it's very relevant that all RMTs have a good baseline of knowledge in this area. The statistics suggest that you may not know your client is positive because they may not in fact know themselves. It's always our job as healthcare professionals to educate the public about health, but also to advocate for others. As a healthcare provider, we should have strong knowledge about universal precautions and diligence in the practice of infection control. If we follow these guidelines, there is absolutely no concern about touch. HIV cannot pass through healthy, unbroken skin. This is a medical, scientific fact. As educators, we also have a moral obligation to stop stigma so that we can all promote dignity and well-being for others because so often the stigma of this disease does more harm to the quality of a person's life than the disease itself. As a massage therapist, uh, you know that touch is, of course, essential to physical and to that emotional health. And, I mean, it is commonly denied to these HIV-positive patients. I know we came across a survey um, conducted for Casey House that found that, you know, 91% of Canadians believe that it's human nature to want to experience touch, but only, uh, it says here, 38% of the respondents said they would be willing to share skin-to-skin -skin contact with anyone diagnosed with the HIV virus. 
so you hit the nail on the head there. As RMTs, it's important to advocate for this population. Uh, is there any sort of additional training required for working with these patients? Um, so what kind of comes to mind is um, trauma-related training or some sort of emotional first aid courses that you go through? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like working in a hospital, we have a lot of um, mandatory hospital training that is uh, done on an annual basis. So education at Casey House is encouraged and supported no matter what position you hold. For my clinical work, I have routinely participated in WMIS, hand hygiene, uh, TB testing, mask fitting, flu shot, CPR, crisis prevention intervention, harm reduction, IPAC, which is infection prevention and control, mental health first aid, motivational interviewing, and any other personal education learning goals we set for our performance appraisals. So that being said, some things are mandatory based on the fact that we are a hospital. Other things are things that you can add to your professional toolkit. So it, therefore, if I came across something that I felt would help with my work with my population, I am always supported in the uh, pursuing of additional education. You did mention um, mental health first aid. Um, so I just have a question here about, because mental health is not in the scope of practice for RMTs, but obviously um, completing this course, and I'm sure you often will have patients, you know, reveal certain things to you um, often. Is there any advice that you would give just in general for responding to clients that reveal these traumas? Well, mental health first aid doesn't make you... A psychiatrist. Uh, it it makes you unafraid to assist somebody who could potentially be in crisis. So having the training basically says I can provide immediate support and guidance in a safe environment. I can comfortably have a conversation about mental health related issues, and you can ask me about professional and other supports. So. I work in a team, and if I'm unable to immediately assist a client in crisis, I can immediately refer to other professionals within my team. And that's how we work uh, in our inpatient and our day health program here at Casey House. So um, we all have that mental health first aid, but it's, uh, it's nev never done alone. Shona, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the setting that you work in. You you work in a, an unusual and unique setting as a massage therapist, working in the government-sanctioned healthcare system. Uh, a lot of massage therapists would be interested in working in that setting, and as you mentioned, that was something that drew you to the position. My, my understanding is that there are two RMTs working at Casey House. Can you tell us a bit about? your work setting and your work arrangement and how it might differ from the typical contracting massage therapist or, or, or a therapist who's maybe renting space at a chiropractic or physiotherapy in the in more of the paramedical setting? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh this is the exciting part, <laughs> right, for our profession. So um two years ago, Casey House changed its status from a hospice to a hospital. And we moved into a new building to deliver an enhanced model of care that addresses the dramatic evolution of HIV-AIDS uh, 
in uh, the past 20 years. After 28 years of being donor funded, my position was shifted into the new programming and became funded by the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care. This was because Casey House submitted a proposal for an interprofessional team and massage therapy was a part of that care service. The organization looked at the literature and current services and surveyed all the clients about the services clients used. The massage therapy program had always been backed up with a wait list and seen as a beneficial service. Therefore, we added a second full-time registered massage therapy position, which remains donor-funded by the Casey House Foundation. What is also unique is that we now run inpatient day health programming, uh, programming, pardon me, community and outreach. We have an up-and-coming social community program uh, beginning in the fall and continue to do research and education. Some of our work involves program building for clients with, in terms of engagement. Um, and as a team, we problem solve how to get clients connected to the appropriate services that can best suit their physical and or mental health needs. One key point I would like to make is that hospitals receive funding for inpatient services. How each hospital spends that money is a choice. Our model of care is about decreasing hospital stay through client-driven wraparound service. We hope to provide or connect our community and to strengthen relationships. I think if more hospitals saw massage therapy as a vital component to decreased hospital stay, perhaps we would see more therapists in these collaborative settings. Well, it's, it's wonderful you're working in this model, which really, really helps to set an example uh, across the country for what is possible and how massage therapists can work in community health and hospital settings. So, so thank you for sharing that. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want massage therapists to know about your experience working at Casey House? Well, I am very grateful. I have been very fortunate to find myself here for what has been now 10 years of service. What I want RMTs to know is that our responsibility to advocate for our profession is ongoing. Uh, despite our presence in healthcare over the last 100 years, I still feel a need to find my own voice at the table. It is especially difficult to navigate uh, with my client population because my clients are inundated with medical appointments and various members of the team are trying to connect with them at the same time. There are times when I feel advocacy fatigue, which I'm sure all RMTs have experienced at one time or another. We are not only educating our clients, but our fellow healthcare team members about our scope of practice and the care we provide. Having connections to the RMTAO have been so beneficial in giving me that advocacy energy top-up. Uh, I like to think of that um, because the work the association has been doing has been truly inspiring and knowing that professional support is there ha has given me more volume when I need to use my voice at that professional table every day. Uh, I have two points I, I would like to bring up on a personal note that I feel has been beneficial to me during the last 15 years. One is that RMT should get uncomfortable. So saying that, uh, I mean that the only way to be open-minded is to change our values, which means stepping outside our comfort zone. 
So this is the only true way to learn about other people's perspectives and values and less afraid of the things that we don't know or understand. Two, find other outlets to balance what can often feel like the heaviness of our work. Uh, this was really what inspired my GreenKnees.ca project. I was finding that more and more of my conversations with clients were about self-care and natural products and sustainability and the environment, which really we can't be healthy without being in a healthy environment. They are synonymously linked. Therefore, launching Green Knees Marketplace at GreenKnees.ca has given me uh, work on the side of my work, which I feel is healthcare related, nurtures a passion that I share with my family, and also balances the intensity of my full-time role and responsibilities. I, I really love the creative side. Um, I mean, we have to be so professional and serious oftentimes, and, and uh, it's nice to have a bit of, uh, like I said, like a balance. Um, our professional lives as massage therapists have such an ebb and flow, and um, it's been such a wonderful career. Well, thank you so much for taking the time um, to join us today, Shona. Um, we had a lot of fun. And thank you, Don, for once again joining me as my lovely co-host. Always a pleasure, Janin. Thanks, Shona. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Janin. On the Table, Current and Critical Information for Massage Therapists in Practice, a podcast presented by Massage Therapy Canada.